Craft Beer Radio episode 499 on Friday, May 10th, 2019. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the internet's longest-running beer podcast. I'm Jeff Bear. I'm Greg Weiss. And tonight we are having a uh, show, number 499. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. It's, you yeah. said it's a prime number. It's a prime number. It's the last prime number before 500, because there's only one it's more. It's the last whole number before <laughs> 500 as well. I celebrate whole numbers, so every yes. number is special to well, me. Well... There you go. There, there are not that many whole numbers compared to the... <laughs> exactly. When you find yourself with a whole number, you're pretty rarefied air. So we uh, actually went out to grab some stuff because the fridge was empty. Yeah, I thought I had like one more show's worth of beers. Because Greg asked me today, he's like, do you have beers in the fridge? I'm like, let me think. <laughs> like, yeah, I got beers in the fridge. Greg got here. And Allie had a soccer game after work, so I... I've been in the house for like 25 minutes by the time Greg got here and uh, he's like there's one beer (laughs) (laughs) and maybe we could have like cherry picked like one or two of Heather's stouts or something but wasn't enough to really do a show so this is uh, not a craft beer technically because this is owned uh, 10 Barrel which is owned by Anheuser-Busch no independent label on this can but Good. Oh, I was gonna say it's you know their crush, which is their sour beer line, mm-hmm. and this is one of my favorite fruit flavors in a beer. Cucumber sour. I love a well done cucumber flavoring in a beer. Uh, we had their raspberry crush before, and it was really really good. Uh, this one, twenty fourteen GABF gold medal. What do we have? Five percent alcohol by volume, four IBU. And the aroma is chock full of cucumbers mm-hmm. and a little tanginess. The cucumber aroma, I mean, how do you decompose a cucumber? I don't know. There's a little florally thing in there. There's a well, little... it's a melon. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it has yeah. like something that's sort of reminiscent of watermelon a bit. Something that's like a little, flor- I would say a little flor- florally, a little minty, but... Not, not really, but adjacent. Mint adjacent. Mm-hmm. Smells very good. My father thinks that uh, cucumbers have no flavor. I'm like, they have so much flavor, but like, you do have to. You have you, you can get sweetness out of them mm-hmm. uh, if you push put a lot of it together. Yeah, I mean, if you slice them on a salad. Yeah, you know, you're mm-hmm. not gonna. It's not the best way to enjoy a cucumber. Mmm. There's a bit of like watermelon Jolly Rancher in there. Like it just, I mean, not the fake mm-hmm. watermelon flavor, yeah. but I mean, like that kind of. Yeah. I mean, the the tartness on this is pretty significant, mm-hmm. and you you went with watermelon Jolly Rancher. I would say, you know, the cucumber... And the cucumber flavor is really potent, too. Yeah. You get a bunch of both. It was almost like a Sour Patch Kid-type flavor, too, right? Getting some of those... um, The acidity and then, you know, some of the fruity flavors off of the candy. Um, It's really well done. The the fruit 
the, the cucumber is loud. Um, the tartness is there. Not super tart, but mm. tart enough. Crisp and clean. I think the tartness actually accentuates the sweetness from mm-hmm. the cucumber. So, like, at the end, you're getting this kind of thing that reminds you of that candy. Yeah. Like a watermelon, like Jolly Rancher or something like that. I mean, not watermelon, but actually like a cucumber. Like, if they made a cucumber Jolly Rancher. I know that uh, some places, like hotels, will have cucumber water and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. It can be very refreshing. I've been making a lot of water infusions at work because out in... At the main office in Redmond, they always have several infused waters. So, like pineapple sage, I've been drinking a lot of. Mm. But I've also done, you know, cucumber mint and uh, a couple weeks ago I did cucumber mango. There's not a whole lot to say about this other than it's really good. I, I think mm-hmm. that it's it's very tasty. It's it, it, the name Crush suits it because it's crushable. You could drink mm-hmm. this down real quickly. It, it could, I mean the. I, I mean, I like the the sour level on this. I'm surprised that it's such a high sour level mm-hmm. on this beer. Um, I think that, to me, it would kind of keep it from being so crushable. Um, I don't know. To me, it's... I mean, it's going away quickly, so I guess that's one one ev- piece of evidence. To me, the, the sour level is kind of on on the level of... Maybe it's a little bit stronger, but it's on the level of something like Gatorade. Where there's a bit of like a tanginess, but it... But it Implores you to drink more. Mm. I haven't had Gatorade in a while, so this is like I disagree. me. I disagree. <clears throat> I like the beer though. Mm. I love how bold and bright the cucumber is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they managed to get so much good flavor out of that. Really delicious. Yum. Good way to start. Even if it's not craft. Mm-hmm. It's right. craft to us, damn it. All right, so the show is six minutes old, and we haven't done a hazy beer yet, hazy <laughs> IPA yet, so. Well, let's remedy that. Yes. Our next beer comes from Southern Tier. This is their Lake Shore Fog. 6.5% alcohol by volume. We got... They say they use absurd amounts of hop, dry hopped on four different days. Mosaic, Citra, and Amarillo. So you might remember a few years ago, right? Southern Tier kind of merged with Victory, right? They So they can consolidate like their accounting and stuff like that. And, you know, maybe share some capacity and brew the beers elsewhere. I'm not sure if they have actually done that. We've had another interesting merger happen mm-hmm. just this week. Uh, yeah, it came. I, I had no idea that there was even like talk of this, but uh, two of the, I mean the, the the brewery, two breweries that were around way back when we started, and were making good stuff way back then, Boston Beer, and Dogfish Head. Yeah, the second largest and the fourteenth largest craft brewery um, merged or merging. They've signed the stuff yeah. to merge, yeah. It's an interesting play. Um, you know, with the way the market is and everyone's looking for the shiny new thing, two, two breweries that brew beers your dad drinks merging, 
And not my dad. I'm talking about the 21-year-olds right. who are coming online now. The, the beer is their dad's drink. Me, basically. Yeah. Um, merging. I mean, you'll get some efficiencies there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think probably the thinking was that they're kind of in the same market, and, and instead of cannibalizing each other, let's let's work together. They're still going to be fighting for shelf space. <clears throat> well, they're still fighting for shelf space, but they won't be fighting with each other for shelf space. <coughs> at the very least. Why not? Because, because you know, selling one is is fine if they don't sell the other because they're selling oh. the same pot. I I guess. So yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I mean, I would I could have seen like Dogfish Head like, like oh maybe you know maybe they needed more capital or something. But I mean, I could have seen like them you know buying a new upstart or something like that. Yeah. You know, making like all the hot hazies or something, uh, kind of revitalizing their brand. But I mean, they are two of the more I think experimental breweries, right? That play around and do more stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't hear about it. Sam as Adams much with, has cut back. Sam... It, seems, it seems like they've yeah. cut back mm-hmm. a lot. Boston Beer's cut back a lot. I mean, five years ago. Maybe a little bit longer than that. It seemed like they were doing like forty off brand, you know, forty brands mm-hmm. a year type thing. Like we couldn't even keep up with all the beers they're putting out, and we were congratulating them for it. Yeah, it seems like that is really their their kind of focus has changed. So I wonder if then Dogfish Head becomes the avenue for the creative <laughs> stuff and. And Boston Beer just optimizes lager. Lager. Not only that, but also, you know, the the cider business. Yeah. It could be. It could be that, you know, Boston Beer doesn't have to make New England IPA anymore. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I think that if you you have Dogfish Head as sort of, you know, the off-centered ales for for off-centered people, right? That was their... Yeah, I wonder if that's still their slogan. I haven't noticed it in a while. On this beer, did you notice Spearmint? I can be convinced there's spearmint in the aroma. It's so it's you get this big hoppy. At first, I was getting kind of a dry hopped, kind of gritty aroma, grassy like southern tier. And like now I'm smelling it. It's getting more juicy. It's like more orange juice now that's been sitting in the glass. While we talked about the beer news. Yeah, but there's something kind of like a little bit like cool and spicy on the nose. Yeah. Right? Something that, I mean, like, it, it immediately jumped out to me as sort of mint, but there's less of it now, but something green. And they, they, they said they, they dry hopped it four different days. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of vegetal notes that probably yeah. could come out. No, it, the minty thing carries through in the flavor, too. It's, it's blended in with the hopping. It's in with the grassy parts of the flavor, right? Yeah, like, on the first sip, I really got just a ton of grassiness. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of that minty spearmint thing. Didn't the first sip didn't clearly come across as juicy or like the aroma was indicating. Kind of a kind of a thinner body for a hazy like this. Right. Because it's pretty it's pretty murky throughout and uh, thinner than average body. Yes. The the color is pale and, and, and white. It Tastes pretty darn fresh. What's the date on this? <clears throat> Ink's all smeared. New England in style, but it doesn't have the the mouth feel that I expect. And I'm Sometime not getting. I'm not getting a lot of like 
tropical notes like I would expect either. Uh, Mosaic, Citra, Amarillo. I mean, that can go, go tropical. Yeah. But it feels more like... More green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a green grassy thing going on there. Um, <laughs> reminds me of like a brush hog, like cutting through a field. Yeah. It's interesting because... If I allow myself to sort of travel to Lake Lake Shore Fog, so like a, a cool spring day uh, morning dew, and, and, and maybe mm-hmm. you can get some kind of thing coming there that a fre- if there was a fresh aroma, but, you know, instead mm-hmm. of tropical, you get this kind of freshy... Mm-hmm greeny thing but in in some sense i can feel where they're going with the name then but mm-hmm. i don't know whether that actually makes it a a decent beer that i'm in, that i'm so much enjoying yeah i mean i i i mean they're on a lake you know in new york right mm-hmm. so i just think that the, and they wanted to come up with a good name for a hazy and I don't really see much. I mean, poeticism. I'm just. I'm. I'm going. I'm trying to find something to 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 tie this together because mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm. I'm not getting what I would have expected. Yeah, the bitterness is kind of starting to build on the high side. It doesn't quite have that kind of creamsicle-y thing that you know is common in these beers. Yeah, I'm getting more. When they talk about tropical citrus and stone fruit, I'm just not getting those notes, really. I'm getting more green, minty, slightly basil notes. There's, like, underripe apricot, maybe. Like, really hard apricot. Underripe being the... Like, th- that green underripeness being the, the yeah. primary But, like, thing. the really, when it's a really hard flush still, you know? I'm kind of getting that kind of, like... You bite into an apricot that's just, it's not juicy and mushy, right? It's just super firm. I haven't had uh, apricots in a while, so I can't. But I know what you mean. I mean, you could think of a peach that, yeah. I mean, you get this underripe flavor yeah, from like yeah. an underripe, underripe peach as well. Yeah, that's good. Now, when I think about peach, that, that it, it fits more with, it's just yeah, my the, tongue. Yeah, you know, the ones that are just really hard. Mm-hmm. But like I'm, I'm expecting a fullness of mm-hmm. of flavor yeah. from four different dry hoppings, and I'm not getting it. Mm-hmm. You're getting the kind of the vegetal part of it. Mm-hmm. It's too bad. It's looking forward to this. Oh well. So here's the new to us brewery, MIA Beer Company, which I think stands yeah it stands for Miami. Mm-hmm. Not missing an action. And um, this is their tourist trap, because it's a modeled after a Trappist style beer. So that's kind of a cute name, that's cool. right? Yeah, that's cute. Belgian style triple. Um, uh, they say it's brewed with blonde malts and a touch of <coughs> candy sugar. Ten percent alcohol by volume. Or Belgian style triple. Bienvenido a Miami. I've been learning Spanish on Duolingo, so that means welcome to Miami. (laughs) Amazing. I know. 
<laughs> it was funny the other day I was sitting at the table and I had some uh, hardwood floor polish stuff on the table mm -hmm. and I was reading the Spanish directions <laughs> like it's just hey yeah yep that's how you learn yep okay so you can hear the carbonation on this mm -hmm. so this is probably my first canned triple possibly Possibly. The aroma on it is fizzy. Like, I breathe in, I just smell the burning of CO2, so I'm going to give it a second. I smell... I was, sorry, good. I figured I'd just give it a second, tell mm -hmm. a quick little story. When I was at the beer store on Tuesday, I noticed that... And I think this is new, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, um, New Belgian Brewing Company has Fat Tire. I think they've rebranded Mothership Wit to Fat Tire White Ale. So they had a whole, they have new labeling on their cases and six packs, and they still have their other beers. Like not mm -hmm. they're not all like fat tires. <laughs> it's not like how when um, Stone did the Arrogant Bastard Brewing Company, uh -huh. right? Yeah. Um, are they still doing that? I have no idea. Not sure. Um, but yeah, I don't seemed, care. Really. <laughs> it seems like it seems like Fat Tire rebranded their Wit beer, which I'm pretty sure is most Mothership to Fat Tire White Ale. Let's see. Uh, New Belgium. Now that Peter's gone, they do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I got to enter it. Let's see. 1990 or this 1954. 1942. All right. Beer. Yeah, there's Fat Tire, Amber Ale, and Fat Tire, Belgian White. Mm hmm. I don't see Mothership Wit on here. Maybe, maybe it's a different Wit beer, but it would make sense. I mean, it just seems like it's interesting that they decided to make the white beer. Maybe they felt they could compete with Blue Moon and um, Shock Top better with Fat Tire Belgium White. I mean, that seems like a good idea, right? Interesting, because they say, okay, it's weird to not talk about the beers in front of us, but, but it's yeah. interesting... Side note, 25 years ago, we started bringing Fat Tire Belgian style ale. It became an iconic beer and a symbol, blah, blah, blah. Now, for the first time, we're adding a new beer to the Fat Tire family, Fat Tire Belgian White. Taking yeah. inspiration mm -hmm. from our decades of blah, blah, blah. It's made of Seville oranges and Indian coriander. Their marketing speak's not going to say that they rebanded Mothership, right? <laughs> it's just not going to say that. So it may or may not be the same beer as Mothership. But, I mean, I guess it's a good move if you're trying to compete with Blue Moon. I guess. I mean, because Fat, everyone, you know, has heard of Fat mm -hmm. Tire. Yeah. Instead of New Belgium Mothership, right. That's a, market, that's a marketing change I could probably get behind. How else are you going to crack the big wit, the big wit beer, you know? <laughs> You could call it Blue Garden, and then you have the best of both. Greg's not listening, or he didn't like my joke. No, I'm I'm trying to trying to find if there is still Mothership Wit. All right, so I'm going to start talking about smelling this beer while you do your research. This is the MIA Beer Company Tourist Trap. It's a Belgian style triple. The head has fallen down, so now when I smell it, I smell more than just burning my nose. I'm getting two things. I'm getting uh, 
kind of a circus peanutty thing, but it's a little more graham crackery. And then I'm getting this interesting spice that's kind of cardamom -y. Woody, almost licorice-like, but a little more zesty. And the aroma's changed on me. Now I'm smelling kind of the, like, high alcohol, but, uh, like, maltiness. Like, so you're getting this kind of saturated malt. It's kind of, like, that graham cracker kind of comes through again, but it's more, uh, you know, because triples typically have candy sugar in it, so they have kind of this light body, sweet malt bill, malt, malt kind of flavor to it. And I'm trying to figure out how to put better words that. Maybe honey-like? Moving on to the flavor, for me. Greg's still intently researching. You can go to Beer Advocate and see if they retired the beer. Onto the flavor, I'm getting... Um, so, I, lost, I forget what I tasted at the beginning of the taste, so let me talk about what I'm tasting right now, and that's like in the mid to late, there's a big banana, kind of like a... Um, Really ripe, or maybe even like a fried or roasted banana. Yes, it's retired. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to get a definite answer whether Fat Tire White mm -hmm. is it, exactly it, Mothership. According or to, to this article, I've, I'm, I'm, I've just been speed reading through. It doesn't. It appears it's a new recipe. So, right. anyway, on to the beer. So I think you said something about circus peanut. I definitely get that. Getting the uh, aromas that I was sort of expecting out of a triple. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, go on. Continue. Okay. Um, you know, so it has a decent body to it. Um, the can doesn't have quite the same high level of carbonation that you expect from a Belgian triple. Well, at least I'm blaming it on the can. I could be wrong. You know, Belgian triples, like, like, excuse me. I guess it is gassy. I'm burping already. Um, ones from Belgium, you know, and like other places, you know, they use like a thicker, gla uh, thicker glass so it can have a higher carbonation. Mm -hmm. And a Belgian triple really should have almost it like a champagne. It came out with a lot. Of, remember, I yeah. put it up to, to the yeah. mic and it came yeah. out with a lot. It should have like a champagne like carbonation in a lot of cases. And, you know, it'd be interesting to me whether, you know, a can can hold back that much gas. There's well, a deeper sort of maltiness here than I usually mm -hmm. get out of a yeah. out of a triple. It feels more, mm, it feels almost a little more chocolatey. Really? I mean, I was getting like maybe a little more graham cracker or maybe a little more honey, but. That, that works too. For some reason, my mind went to chocolate. It's not like. Maybe white chocolate. I don't know. There is was... it because of the spice that's in there? There's maybe. almost like a cardamom or something in there. Could be. And maybe be. that's kind of making you think like a Mexican chocolate mm -hmm. or something like that, right? When you look for the spice, you can taste it. If you're not looking for it, you might not find it. Um, it gives it a nice little facet to the beer where you can kind of taste that. And like, you know, we're talking about whip beers over here with the fat tire stuff. Yeah. But it's kind of palette drifting me into looking for... 
those kinds of analogs. And while the malt, like it's not wheat, it's not, um, you know, the body is completely different. I am tasting, and this could be esters from the fermentation, but I'm tasting something that's kind of like a really like cardamom. And I like that essence in there. What's interesting to me is also, I've, it feels like, I, it feels like the hops are slightly more assertive than they would be normally. Hmm. Just, okay. just a bit. It's more of a spicy note than like, oh, you know, oh, I'm getting hot. But there, there's a there's something about it that that, that feels more like yeah, like more of an assertive. I mean, this hoppiness. is probably one of the freshest triples we've ever had too. It was canned well the beginning of March, but I mean, you know, a lot of triples you really don't pay attention to age, right? Because yeah. those beers have legs. The first thing that I noticed, what like I said, was that it, it was maltier than normal, mm-hmm. and that felt like it was off to me. But the more I drink, the more I actually enjoy that. The more mm-hmm. that, that that feels like a good choice. Mm-hmm. Um because it because triples usually you know, I do like triples. And triples have that have that weird thing to me where I I feel sometimes or I used to, now I'm more excited about them than I used to, but it used to be like, oh triple, I don't know. And then oh, yeah, I remember then that. when I would taste it, I would I would really, really like it. So I remember way back and I haven't had this beer in ten years, right? But West Mala. Right? The West Mall triple. I remember that one having more meat to mm-hmm. it. And this one's kind of along those lines. And I remember liking the West Mall because it was not thin and fizzy and bubbly and sweet. It had more malt to it. Yeah. I I'm digging what's happening here. I I like the Belgian the, style triple out of Miami. Yeah, in a can, and you're liking it. That's pretty. Wild. I like the. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just pointing out that, like, yeah. from the least expected corner of the globe, we're having it like an awesome triple. The beauty of of the beer industry now is mm-hmm. that why wouldn't you? I mean, it, that's not all that surprising to me because there's there's great brewers everywhere now mm-hmm. making great beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a, a, a triple out of Miami is that, that's not too much of a shocker to me. I mean, it, it, ten years ago that would have been like what, <laughs> but now it's like yeah. okay, uh, a triple in a why, can. You're, now you're like, why is there only one? Yeah, but this is. The, I guess the, the shocker is they they managed to distribute a, a, a triple. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Far from, from... Uh, say House of a Thousand Beers had like four beers from this uh-huh. brewery. I didn't want to buy a bunch of them in case it was a mm-hmm. you know stinker, but uh, yeah, we'll have to go back and try some more. It's MIA. Tr- yeah, but yeah, this is this is a really nice take on a triple that I'm enjoying a lot, mm-hmm. and I I like the variation in the style because it gives me something that I enjoy but also an, an, a different take on it which is which is that much more enjoyable. It's good stuff. Yeah. Is it the deepest thing in the world in terms of like complexity prop? No, but the 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 unique takes are enough to to boost it in my mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we haven't really dug into a ton of nuance in this thing, but I think there's enough there like when you look for the spice you can taste the spice when you look for the esters you can taste the esters and the mm-hmm. circus, pe- circus peanut type thing so you can really put different lenses on it and anytime that you can do that with a beer it's it's pretty good yeah and in part of the the whole show bias right where there's been times where we've had beers on the show that are like meh and i put a stopper in it and i drink it a couple days later and i really enjoy it when i'm not in 
this analytical mode. Mm -hmm. So we're you know pretty tough on beers on in this mode here. Speaking of a wedding, triples a traditional wedding beer, right? So this would be good at a wedding. Yeah, for sure. I brewed one for my wedding. Got a wedding coming up in two weeks. Oh yeah. Just got my suit all uh, ready. Okay. Got a good uh, Nick, our friend Nick. Is oh, in two weeks. Yeah. Cool. Out in Philly, here. Mm. Out in New Jersey, New, New Jersey, New Jersey. In, in, uh, in Atlantic City. It's a small thing. Okay. So. Right. They're going to have a bigger one. <clears throat> later okay but this is the small thing that they're doing now for various different okay. so you picked this one out i probably would have passed this by but uh this caught your eye this is the innocent gun kindred spirits this one is the stout matured in irish whiskey barrels that's what caught my eye is the both this and the other one that we got which was an ipa were both barrel aged and also i figured you and the uh, irish whiskey stuff <laughs> I don't necessarily care for Irish whiskeys, but okay. Oh, you like some more like scotch? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you know, I also never really tried to explore them. It's just the occasions I've had Irish whiskeys, I'm like, eh. But who knows? We'll we'll see. We'll see if this gives us anything good to go. Innocent Gun, six point one percent alcohol by volume, forty IBU. Established 2003. I would have guessed Innocent Gun was like established in like 1603 or something. <laughs> I guess I'm wrong. All right, this beer pours really black for this. This is a UK brewery, right? Or is it? I'm dead, so I'm trying to find out where, where this is from. Um, our story that that will tell me probably the link on their website that says our story imported in the United States. Missing gone Perth, Perth, Perth. As this craft beer made in Scotland, so okay. Well, it says P E. Yeah, I don't see the country, but okay, so Scottish. Okay. Our smooth Scottish stout meets carefully selected Irish whiskey barrels in our unique aging process to create flavor-packed beer with notes of blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Props to the next person who sends us a beer where they black out the the, the suggested tastings. (laughs) Smells a little infected. That could be the I barrel. That I could be the barrel. Yeah, I don't necessarily. It's not like the kind of uh, like. Um, if, uh, it smells exactly like mine. Yeah. No, so I'm smelling. Um, I mean, that kind of smells like Irish whiskey and oak to me. Um, okay. Well, that's why I was thinking. Like, yeah. I wasn't sure. I didn't. Yeah. It wasn't like what we had uh, yes last time. Oh God, no. Yeah, no, I don't smell... I mean, I smell things that are, you know, kind of... Uh, I don't know. So Irish... See, I don't even know enough about Irish whiskey to know what kind of barrels they normally use, whether they use fresh barrels or, like, eight used barrels like Scotch makers use. 
Um, I, I just don't know enough about Irish whiskey. Um, but the Scotch stout is what they say. I smell some light chocolate. It's not too ashy. I, you know, when I think of a stout from the UK, I'm worried that it's going to be kind of on the ashy side. See, 2019 saw Anderson again win gold and silver in the New York International Beer Awards and take home the accolade of Scottish Brewery of the Year. Ooh. Brewdog probably didn't like that. I'm going to jump onto the flavor because it knows it's kind of... Okay, so the stout comes across as a nice... Dry, almost like an export stout. It's kind of has good chocolate to it. It's not quite as boozy as an export, but it doesn't have like a sweetness to it. It's very, very dry, mm-hmm. roasty. It's not ashy, which I really like how that's coming across. Yeah, there, there's a bit of oakiness. Um, they mentioned on the bottle coffee and chocolate and vanilla and. Mm-hmm. Those are yeah, all there. The coffee's in there. Barrel. I guess the barrel's kind of a woody thing that's laying on my tongue there. Mm-hmm. It's not quite as noticeable as I thought it would be. And the aroma kind of indicated there'd be more oakiness to it. Um, it feels okay. Here, here this this may be. Here. I'm not quite sure exactly how to put this because I don't want to 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 denigrate the thing too much. Um, mm-hmm. I I feel like there's something um, you know it, it's weird because I'm comparing to like the Southern Tier, yeah. which kind of failed at what it was doing, and this is this is successful at what it's doing. But then I compare it to the MIA, which was really successful, even though I, they're kind of similar in terms of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a classic sort of style and playing with it. What what I was going to say was this reminds me a bit of Rogue, and Rogue always gives you that sort of eight out of ten, or seven or eight mm-hmm. out of ten. Uh, it never really does more, but this feels like it's doing more than that, but I mean, not to... huge. I'm, I'm I'm looking for more complexity here, and I'm not getting it. It's is I guess what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, no, I don't think I get a ton of complexity out of this. To me, it's coming across like an export stout, a pretty good export stout. I think there's a top end on mm-hmm. many, like, there's like what you expect of an export stout. And there's maybe a couple that are like transcendental, like amazing yeah. out there, right? This one's not crossing that threshold. So it's it's near the top of, you know, these kind of, it's, it's, it's not sweet, it's dry, it's roasty. I mean, I think that the coffee in the other chocolatey flavors still coming through as opposed to it turning ashy is a testament to uh being a good export stuff yes it, it it's it's like well well muddled everything is well put together but mm-hmm. i think that the difference between this and the the mia is that the mia even though it was also i mean you know similarly con- similarly constructed and and w- with a same kind of idea there were points that sort of stuck out to me about the MIA, and there aren't points yeah. that are sticking out to me about this. The sip I just took was a lot more creamy. It was kind of like a nitrogenous-type mm-hmm. mouth, like, feel on the tongue. It was almost milk stouty. I mean, so that was both very good yeah. things in that sip. 
but it, it, but there it just feels like there's a certain amount of playing safe, which is which is fine because there's nothing wrong with it, uh, and it's better than a rogue to you know, me. You know, you keep yeah. Every sip I take, I'm getting something new. Like I got a really good chocolate bite, almost like a milk, like a chocolate cocoa or a yuhu or something like that. That last sip. That's the thing is is I I came up with this idea, and every time I I tried to make. The reason why I kept stumbling over mm-hmm. myself was every time I thought about it, I kept saying, well, but there's more here. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking yeah. to myself, well, no, there, there's more going on here yeah, than I, mean, I that's what I'm getting credit with, for. That's what I'm getting with this Yeah. Beer. No, I mean, I, I was I was with you about three minutes ago, mm-hmm. and the last two sips have given me more stuff. And now I'm saying, this is better than that rogue 7 out of 10 type. Yeah. You know, shooting shooting for av- slightly better than average. Shooting for fine. <laughs> shooting for fine. If you think that Rogue doesn't shoot for fine and you think they're awesome, send us an email. Beer at Craft Beer Radio. Ooh. Or you could just listen to this commercial and when you want to shop for all the awesome stuff that you want to buy, because you're a slave to consumerism like all of us, you can go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. I said craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. What did you say? Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. What happens when you go there, you may ask? It takes you to Amazon, but it tags in our little referral link. And so anything you buy after you're going to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon gives us referral credit and helps support the show. These beers tonight, the, what I spent tonight, $90 on beer, um, not just the ones we're drinking tonight, but the next three mm-hmm. weeks, the 90 or so dollars I spent on beer, is supported by people who go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Thanks, everybody. Keep going there. Please. Yeah, so it's funny. I got flipped on this beer. And I was like, eh, eh, Scottish mm-hmm. Scout. Eh, eh. And then the more I drink it, it's it's giving me more and more goodies. Yeah. I mean, it's still a stout with Irish whiskey barrels, right? I mean, it's not like... Is it? I, 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 I don't have any definitive statement in any of my reviews so far. That I can taste the whiskey barrel. Other than the wishful wishful thinking. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's interesting. Alright, so I'm going to give this a rinse. Good idea. Let's do something hoppy. I love it when you call my big hop. Sly Fox Brewing Company, The Hop Project. Liquid experimentation. This is, this is The Hop Project number 10. Ooh. Uh, this is their double dry hopped, 48 IBU, 7.4% alcohol volume. So you might think that that can sounded different opening. It's one of those can cup things. I just pulled off the whole top of the can. Okay, so... Generously hopped, they say, with Mosaic, Mandarina Bavaria, Denali, and a brand new hop variety, Lotus. Ooh. Mm-hmm. We should got two of these. We could just drink it from the pounder. 
Does Alchemist do these yet? Because, I mean, they, they make a whole they don't. drink from the can. They I should. think Sly Fox is the only one. I mean, Sam Adams had rights to do this for a while, but they stopped. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a Sam Adams can. Any of the I mean, Boston beer. I haven't seen a Boston beer can with the pop top where the top comes off. Yeah. Uh, in a long time. There, I mean, there was one that I brought back from from Arizona, I remember. Yeah, La Cumbra, I think, right? It sounds right. Couple people have it. Okay, so this Lotus, according to Hopsteiner, is uh, aroma specification orange, vanilla, berry, tropical fruits. <laughs> what? That sounds right up my alley. The genetic origin is fifty percent Eastern Gold, twenty five percent Apollo and Cascade USDA nineteen zero five eight. Five percent unicorn poop. <laughs> If you look at their their aroma evaluation, it's spiking in the fruity. Yeah, it has a weird shape. What's the other spike? Was this one over here? Uh, sugar like. Sugar like. Hmm. That's 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 interesting, right? Because we've always talked about man candy or yeah. orange slices or something. But um, and and for people who haven't been listening for years, for, for man candy kind of was. That was that was when ago. that was when you get this apparent sweetness from the hops, and this is the first time I've seen someone mention sugar like, mm-hmm. you know, which is better than man candy. Yes. Well, there's a reason why some certain terms are retired. <laughs> yes. Not sugar like on the aroma. I'm getting kind of a scratchy vine like, like like hop vine, like you. I need a pencil. I need to write something down so I can remember it for later. What else? So there's Mandarino Bavaria in this one, right? Mm-hmm. I need I need to try like a single hop Mandarino Bavaria beer just to know what that is. It's <laughs> been it's in more and more beers, and like I haven't really zeroed in on what its characteristics. Are and I'm guessing you're pulling it up. So you can I mean, I'll, I'll, me. I'll pull up the, the just what it says, mm-hmm. but that doesn't give you an yeah. idea. It's yeah. sort of just. I mean, you, you you know, we've had enough that I would hope that I would be able to have like a gut on what that provides, and I don't really yet. I mean, as expected, they say the characteristics are tangerine and citrus, and mm-hmm. you know, mandarin, mandarin orange, and stuff like right. that. So, but uh, I guess it's the daughter of Cascade, Hiller, Tau Blanc, and who and. Melon. Yeah. So that's why it's Bavaria, because it has those German stuff in it, but Yeah, Hugh Melon's also a German hop. And of course Hollertel. See Hollertel blank though. I don't think I've ever really We've had it we've had it before, but I don't know if, if we've like really isolated not, it. Not enough to isolate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe once or twice we've had it, but so and also we've had Denali before. Denali. Let's look that up. I don't. Not enough to to recognize it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was. I'm just getting around to sort of recognizing Azaka. Yeah. So. Oh my god! So the aroma on this one's kind of like meh. Flavor. Flavor is almost like a citrus soda. 
You're getting lemon, lime, orange. Wow, yeah. There's just a lot going on there. You're getting... Wow. It's, it, the aroma does not do this beer service. It's pithy. It's it's kind of the bitterness is building, but in there you're getting this kind of prickly carbonation of like a soda. Getting a little bit of lemon lime. You're getting big orange. You're getting a little bit of that sugar like. You're getting a little bit of orange slices or something like that. The candy orange slices, right? Mm -hmm. Just a little bit. It's not too big in this one. I like the 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 lemon lime and um, a mix between orange and peach. What would that be? There's a peaches and cream thing in there. Mm -hmm. There's a berry thing in there. Ooh, yeah, there is. Mm -hmm. This beer has a story to tell. This beer has levels. Uh, there's there's a bit of a vanilla thing even. Mm -hmm. I mean that's kind of a, that's kind of in between mm -hmm. the peaches and cream and the berries, right? There's a vanilla thing. Huh. Good job, life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I I love. I mean, this is the idea behind mm -hmm. the hot project is just throw throw a bunch of different, different things, experiment. Yeah. I mean, obviously they only want so to I, I think a beer good. like this, right? A beer like this in an environment unlike this environment, mm -hmm. like all that nuance is yeah, going to be lost. Be, yes. right? It's going to be just passed by. This beer is essentially perfect for our show because we're, we're mm -hmm. really going to analyze. It's perfect for if you want to do something like our show. Mm -hmm. uh, this is going to be about an analyzing it and, and, and trying to, you know, tr taste new things. Yeah, you had this in a bar with a bunch of people hanging out and stuff. It, it will go down and you won't so much notice it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it'll be fine. It, it's good. But you're not going to be like, yeah, all those interesting little bits. Yeah. As I drink it, it's getting a little more bitter. Like, the bitterness is building on it. There's like um it is it is getting more bitter. You're right. There's kind of a um a, a bitter grapefruit thing like in, mm. in the background, like starting to impose its way. Yeah, that or you know, just the unsweet orange, whatever oranges you get, you know, you buy an orange and you think it's gonna be, you know, good orange and it's just like wow. I miss blood oranges. They used to be in the market. Now they're not. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't find them. Hmm. Even at the good, even at the 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 good giant eagle, nothing. Hmm. Where have all the blood oranges gone? Where have all the blood oranges gone? What were the hops in here again? There was that experimental <laughs> thing, right? Or... There there are three hops that are like crazy, and mm -hmm. one is mosaic. Okay. So mosaic... See, the mosaic really 
is not shining. Yeah. Like, like that's not what I'm tasting. Okay, mm-hmm. go on. Mandarina Bavaria. Right. Denali. And this new variety called Lotus. And Lotus is the one that was vanilla and berry mm-hmm. and... And sugar. And yeah. Lotus is kicking this beer's ass. Lotus could use some moderation, I think. Could use Do you some... think that's what's giving kind of the abrasive flavor, too? I guess it probably I, is. I, it's, I mean, who knows? Like yeah. This is the hot project, right? Yeah. So I, I, I think that Lotus is... is being very playful here because this is the one I haven't had, mm-hmm. and there are things that I haven't had in here. Yeah, there's a that's most of the hop flavoring that we're tasting. It's yeah. like, whoa, that's new. And and you know, it takes brewers a while to figure out proportions and intensity and stuff like that, right? I'm trying to think of another example where we've had that. I think Citro is probably a good example of that, right? Where you know. You would get this citrus orange, you know, like nice sweet orange thing. If they use too much of it, you get kind of oniony. Mm-hmm. But you know, then you know, like these days, you find people using citra, and it's just like bringing out like completely different things. Well, to me, what's interesting hop wise is how mosaic is in everything now. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't used to be everywhere. Now it is everywhere. Yeah. Which is good. It's a good hop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Galaxy is getting much more play than it used to. Well, it's one of your favorites, though. So I mean, good on Galaxy, right? Yeah. But yeah, I mean the, the the ones that I've noticed like that have been really super popular. The, this run have Citra Amarillo Mosaic. Galaxy to lesser extent, Azaka to lesser extent. I'm kind of surprised Amarillo is like playing such a big role lately. Amarillo has this has has lots of layers to it. It's a balancing character, yeah. but by itself, it's downright yeah. catty. Yeah, but like we've had those mm-hmm. Simcoe and Mosaic. Simcoe's another one that gets a lot of play. Mm-hmm. Simcoe and and Amarillo that that can do magic with each other if you do it right. Yeah. So it's it's interesting the the sort of interplay that's around but yeah. those I think are the hops that are it, like it's fascinating because I mean when I first started tasting Amarillo, you know, it was neat, it was aggressive, it mm-hmm. was bad boy. It wasn't necessarily delicious, right? And you know, I'm surprised it still is around and I think of what you're saying, right? People found a way to interplay that where it and Simcoe together does something greater than some of its parts yeah so citra simcoe amarillo mosaic those i think are the big ones that you see used like almost everywhere like mm-hmm. i would i'm shocked if i see a beer that doesn't use one of those mm-hmm. i mean obviously it's just so cascade and centennial around right but then but i see and i've seen more and more that use like galaxy and azaka but Mm-hmm. Those four, Citra, Simcoe, and Rilla Mosaic. Yep. Okay, Evil Twin paired up with Decadent Ales, and they did Decadent Delight, an imperial stout with pistachio, cinnamon, and coconut added. And that's the next beer we're going to drink. Mm-hmm. It, this is 11.7% alcohol by volume. Oh, my God. So, this pours like... Yes, it's a super opaque imperial stout with a dark brown head. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and got... it sucks up light like a black hole. Cinnamon's huge on the aroma. Kind of a Mexican chocolate type aroma. That's really all I smelled on the first sniff. Pistachio, coconut, a touch of cinnamon, and they say a a proprietary blend of sugars. Ooh. Yes. So, a a little bit of... Smell this and tell me there's just a touch of cinnamon. It... It, it, it smells, smells stronger than it a touch. It smells like a cinnamon challenge. No, it doesn't smell like that. Because <laughs> what I've been doing recently is I, I got a bunch of nice, like, Indian cinnamon. It's still cassia, still the, okay. that kind. But mm-hmm. uh, And I've been dropping them into, like, I've been breaking them in half and dropping them into my coffee, mm-hmm. the, the work coffee okay. that I get from the, mm-hmm. whatchamacallit, the machine. Um, one of those machines, Keurig, right? That gives it a little bit extra dimension. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, but, you know, sometimes those things can be strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I know what strong cinnamon is like. That does not smell like that strong cinnamon. It's there. Okay. I'm not, like, not right. noticing yeah, it. Yeah, to me, this doesn't smell like a touch. This smells like cinnamon's, like, the main thing I'm smelling. Like, over the malt, over the booze, over the anything, I'm getting cinnamon. This may have been the most expensive beer of the night. Did we purchase at twelve dollars? Yeah, probably. Twelve and a quarter. Yeah, it's rounding down. You can't round down a quarter. Sure you can. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> yeah, Mexican chocolate is what I'm smelling. Yes, that's a good call. Because that's what I was I was picking. I'm thinking out. of those those chocolates that come in the round oh, they're cakes. So good. They're, they're a little. They have a little bit of a grittiness to it, uh-huh. but that yeah. works. It, yeah. it 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 doesn't feel like it it should work because you're used to like Hershey and stuff like that. Yeah. When you get that, I don't even know what they're called, but those Mex- those Mexican chocolates come in the round cakes. That's what I'm smelling. Yeah. Well, as soon as you said that, it was because I was tr- I was thinking like there's something not quite here and then you when you pulled it out I was like oh that matches perfectly and it was like reminded mm-hmm. me of those great Mexican chocolates I've had I remember having a Chipotle one oh god so <laughs> yeah I've had a couple that have just been like <laughs> they're easy to get in Arizona <laughs> although I can probably you can probably get them at craftyradio.com slash Amazon okay on to the flavor A little, that's a little more ashy than I like in this kind of stuff. Hmm. It's like more ashy I like than the aftertaste there. Hmm. I got this like bitter tannic thing on my tongue. Not tannic, bitter ashy thing on my tongue. What I'm getting is like hmm. the evil twins that aren't awesome. That's what I'm tasting. <laughs> um, I. Mm, I really like this, actually. Do you? <laughs> yes. I like the very first, like, five seconds of the sip. Actually, this, okay, this is my fourth little sip, and this one, maybe it's a palette of customization thing. I'm not getting that kind of ashy, like, part now. So that last sip was better. There's a Dolce de Leche thing 
in mm-hmm. there. Oh, yeah. And and then you end on this milk caramel. Um, I'm, tr- I'm trying to pull the pistachio note out. It's hard. The cinnamon is well done. I think it, it, it's a little prickly at front, and then mm. it, it blends very well. About three quarters of the way through the flavor, the cinnamon kind of blends in. The cinnamon's still winning, but I can taste a little bit like, you know, dry roasted pistachio. Oh, coconut, of course. Yes, that makes sense. Think, think, think coconut. Okay, let me take another sip here. It's slightly throughout. There was something there that I wasn't pulling, and it was the coconut. And, okay. and when I thought about it, everything made a lot more sense. I, I think it's very much what it says it is. <laughs> it's got coconut. It's got cinnamon. The pistachio is... Eh, eh, but it's a stout. If you, if you really want to imagine you're tasting it, I can get a little bit of pistachio. But it's not like... It's not the pistachio and pistachio pudding. Right. It's the pistachios like kind of in dry roasted pistachio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more the roasty stuff mm-hmm. from the pistachio than anything else. It's not like tiramisu or anything. But it's good. I actually I'm really enjoying it. And it and it's not just because of the way it, it's configured, it's not as much of a warm hug as, as you would like, but I really mm-hmm. dig what it's doing otherwise. And and I think that it's I like the first half of the flavor it's the back half it's the back half to me is even more because because i'm getting like a almost like a flan thing going on and a caramel at the end okay that last sip i'm starting to get a little more acclimated to it the evil twins that are just like abrasive stouts like i can taste that in here like it's whatever it's like um whichever like even more Jesus is like not so well done. Yeah. I, I really like what the cinnamon is doing in front. Remember last week with the um, uh, with the other half with, with the mm-hmm. the kind of pop rocky thing. I like what oh, the cinnamon yeah. is doing yeah. here in the front of, of the flavor to, to to give that little bit mm-hmm. of spiciness, that little bit of jolt. Okay. Uh, and then at the end, I'm getting kind of like this flan thing, and I'm thinking Mexican chocolate, and it's working. It's working okay. for me, man. All right, let's move on to the ranking. I can go first. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put the Southern Tier, Lake Shore Fog, in last place. Sixth place. Um, you know, for a hazy, it just didn't quite line up quite right. Very grassy. Very, very grassy. Yeah. The dry hops was too much dry hop, and there was too much, like, vegetal behavior in there. Um, body was a little on the thin side. What else? Um... I don't know. It's enough time spent on that. I'm going to put... This is where Greg and I are going to deviate, I think. No, I I got to put the Innocent Gun in fifth place. I can do that. Um, I thought it was a good export stout. But even though I have some complaints about this evil twin, that I, I think the beginning, like certain parts of the flavor are really good. That Mexican chocolate just it nails it. The coconut's a nice little accent to it. 
I'm going to put that in fourth place. Then let's see. I'm going to put the MIA Taurus Trap in third place. That was a pretty cool Belgian style triple. It uh, had some neat flavors to it. A little bit of cardamom. It had uh, kind of a honey graham crackery type malt. I I will say that's the best Belgian triple I've ever had out of a can. Or Miami. <laughs> and uh, possibly the first Belgian triple. <laughs> out of yeah. a can or mm-hmm. Miami, yes. I'm going to put the uh, Sly Fox Hop Project in second place. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool being able to pull out some of those more subtle flavors, the the berries, the vanilla, things like that. Uh, the aroma, the aroma was a little bit on the weak side, but the flavor was bringing it. And I'm gonna put that Tembrel in first place. I told you at the beginning of the show, one of my favorite fruits in beer is cucumber, and that beer delivered. That cucumber was so bright and vibrant. The tartness, the sour was significant. I just thought that beer really crushed it tonight. It was very good. Um, It's not going to be a first place for me. My, I agree with you in the last two. Southern Tier in the last place because it just felt like like an afterthought version of of a hazy. Mm Mm-hmm. Like they they did the work to make a hazy. They didn't like put flour in it or anything. <laughs> but well, yeah, it tastes like yeah. something you'd expect from New Belgium or Sierra Nevada or you know something like that, right? Like mm-hmm. not from uh, Hudson River, Hudson Valley, or uh, you know Hitchhiker or yeah. Jones, um, or even some of the silver, some of the silver Epic. cut silver was uh, uh, sing, uh, single cut. Single cut. There were there are some. Uh, yeah, I, I I was like it was too green, right? They mm-hmm. needed more of the fruitiness or something more to it because even if you put those flavors into a regular IPA, that wouldn't have been great. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I appreciate the attempt, but I don't think it worked. Uh, in fifth place, the Innocent Gun, which was fine and had some. Some interesting things happening to it, and and was was better than I initially gave it credit mm-hmm. for, but I think the other ones really were better, and and these next four kind of pushed themselves away from the rest of the pack. Surprisingly, I'm going to put a ten barrel in in fourth place, not because I didn't like it, I really did like it, but the other ones to me were just they, they had more. Interesting things that would that mm-hmm. I was more into today, but I could see myself crushing a six pack of that. So of that crush. So I mean, that was really mm-hmm. delicious. I like. I, I wish I could have that in my it, it just in the back of my fridge to grab sometimes because that would be oh man, cucumber so good. Yeah. In third place, I'm gonna put the evil twin. Uh, this is very nice. I like it more than Jeff did. I think that it's got a lot going for it and I taste all the stuff into it. it does, it's not so much more than what it has uh, but what it has I like a lot. I'm going to put the MIA in second place. I like this this twist on, on a triple. I don't know if it's a twist but giving it a bit of a more malty thing and, and it works. But yeah, the Hot Project in terms of what we do, this is a very good 
Like this is this is uh, I think it's made for our show in some yeah. sense. It's it's an experiment. Uh, is it perfect? No. Is it interesting? Super interesting and super and lots of stuff to explore. And that's just fun sometimes, mm-hmm. just yeah. to, to go in and, and, and explore and see what's there. So that's fine. Sounds good. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. We really do appreciate it. You can email us, beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. And uh, go buy stuff at craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Do it. Do it. Buy stuff. Do it. And uh, tune into the post show to hear us talk about post showy type things. Because that's where all the best post showy things happen. In the post show. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>